The message I have today is, uh, I entitled it, The Tremendous Power Available. Tremendous Power Available. Now, it comes from the scripture in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. <laughs> makes tremendous power available. And while I was here, uh, standing up here, um, Bob brought to me uh, a message to God. And it was written on the offering envelope. And it was written by Robbie, the little one. It was his message to God. Now, how old do we have to be to pray? How old do we have to be to recognize the importance of putting our thoughts before the Lord? And, and it was, when, I, when I saw this, and when Bob gave it to me, I thought of how that God, in all of our, in all of our thoughts and our prayers and all the things, it's more than just thinking. You know, the Bible says that we pray with groanings <laughs> that cannot be uttered. You know, when you are broken <laughs> and your heart aches and there's just like this sense of there's nothing more for me to do and you just groan on the inside with pain and sorrow and grief, those are prayers. Now, some people would say that, well, that's despair. But, you know, for those who believe... To those who recognize God as their Savior and God is the one who is in charge of all things and God doeth all things well, it is in those moments that we don't understand that God is doing everything well, but we are praying and the Spirit is praying through us, praying for us, <laughs> praying that you know, the will and the purpose of God might be complete. So whenever we look at this, we're, we're looking, you know, it's, again, I'm speaking about prayer, there's tremendous power available. The, the, the words tremendous power and available means um, a very great, very great in amount, tremendous. It has, has a large amount. Uh, power has the ability to act. And available means present or ready for immediate use. So whenever we are thinking about our prayers, we are praying for there is a very great amount of faith and a very great amount of power in effect and it is in us available to act and ready for immediate use we not only have it and it's immediate but it is ready for use <laughs> and it's it's instantaneous it's it's in this moment of power in this moment of God's presence so we would we would think uh, sometimes we think well you know I'm not uh, not that greatest person of faith I've you know I've done wrong things in my life uh, and what are we doing we're trying to sabotage our prayers God isn't trying to do that our human nature our old self our fallen nature or the devil himself doesn't matter who it is we need to stop it because God is trying to get us to Stop rattling that cane bottom can at the bottom of my desk here. You hear that? You didn't hear that. Okay, but anyhow, there's a can down here. Do you know what this can is? It's been here for a while. It's an eye can. <laughs> Remember my eye can? <laughs> uh, Jeannie McGawkey made that for me back in 1972, four, somewhere in there. And I've always had my eye can. <laughs> So, 
you know, what does it take to remind us of God's word? You know, whenever we pray, some, we don't need to go back and think up all these wonderful, magnificent, and these, and thou's, and most holy, and, you know, they're good prayers, and people pray them. But it's important for us to just simply remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, that I can do this. So we pray for God's power to do it. You know, going to college, <laughs> being in school, you know, sports, whatever it is we're in, you know, whatever talents we have, we're asking God to give us the strength and the power that is available to do it. So God loves it, then, when we come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, uh, if we think about the idea, I'm kind of giving a lot of definitions here, but sometimes we have different understandings of what words mean. But boldly means fearless before danger. So when we come boldly to the throne of grace, means that we're coming boldly into the presence of God, but the boldness isn't because of danger. The challenge we have is like the prodigal son who is running home, to, who comes and his father sees him, as we talked about earlier, and the, the father runs out and wraps his arms around him, forgives him, puts a robe on him and everything. And the idea is this, this, the son is coming boldly home and he receives what the father wants to give him. We as Christians must receive what the Father wants to give us. He doesn't want us to come in with a fear of danger. He he wants for us to come in with an understanding of his word, and that from that understanding, we then have a boldness. We then have a a strength to be able to, to deal with things. You see, if we can believe, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. And so what we are doing, why are we believing? We are believing because we read it in the word. We read it in the scriptures. God said it, and therefore I am now applying it to my life by my prayers. (laughs) If I am sick, I'm asking God for healing. If I am lost, I'm asking God for direction. If I am getting up in the morning, I don't know what to do today, I'm asking God for direction. (laughs) You know, if I need strength for the day, I'm asking God for strength. You see, we come boldly, we come boldly into the presence of God. You know, when I think of it, what would, he, what would Robbie write or ask God for? How old is Robbie? Five. What does a five-year-old ask God for? Hmm. You know? And you see... Being in church has a big influence on his life. Well, he's just a five-year-old. What is that? You see, being here influences our life. Being here is part of who we are. My parents tell me when I was a kid, two, three years old, I would walk up the aisle behind my grandfather <laughs> and, you know, go to the front to the altar, you know. I'd follow my grandfather to the altar to pray. My grandmother and my father and my, my mother, all of them were in the church. So I've been following, as it were, coming to the altar, being part of what God has wanted since before I was born. I was in church. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I, I had a drug problem. Remember that one? 
I had a drug problem whenever I was a kid. <laughs> I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, drugged to church on Sunday night. I was drugged to church on Wednesday night. You know, you see. But you see, those, that type of being drugged to church kept me from the drugs and kept me from all those things so that I could be perfect the way I am now. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> In case some of you were wondering, does he think he's perfect? No. That's a joke. All right. So whatever. So you see... When we pray, when we pray. How many of us pray? Yeah, we all pray. Do you ever, people, ever hear people say, oh God, you know? Did they just finish a prayer or were they starting one? <laughs> you know? When people take the name of Jesus in vain, you know, and they say, Jesus, I said, you know, I know that guy. <laughs> He's different than what you're referring him to, but I know him. And I use those ways of not, you know, you know you're not supposed to curse. <laughs> it's, you know, they know that. They don't need somebody lecturing them. But I just tell them I know that guy. And you see, God then is working through us. You, whenever, whenever we are praying, we're praying for things in our life. Well, you shouldn't do that. Why not? Where does God say there's only certain things you should pray for? There's nowhere in the scripture that says you can only pray for these things. He says that God is willing to give us all things. <laughs> giving, giving us all things. God is willing to give us all things. Now here is the God of the universe who spoke the world into existence and he gives us this <laughs> limitless resources in our life and the reason he's given this to us is that we are the image of of God to the world around us. <laughs> I, I, I'm saddened when, when Christians are, you know, they have no joy. I'm saddened whenever we um, think that we should be, you know, the dust of the earth and people can walk all over us and, you know, we have no purpose, you know. I have the joy of the Lord down in my heart. <laughs> Well, you should let your face know that, you know? So we, we need to know that God is with us. So that God is going to open doors for us, and he's going to move on our behalf because we are praying and asking for it. You see, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So you see that the earnest prayer of the righteous man makes tremendous power available. That the power at work within us is to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. The power that is at work within us. This isn't me doing this. <laughs> yes, I'm standing, I'm sitting here talking. But you know what? I don't believe that it's me putting the sermon together. I believe that it's God. I believe that God influences my thoughts and my, my thoughts towards the scriptures and what I am to present and how that sometimes I present what's on the paper and sometimes I just go off to another direction. It isn't because I'm losing it, it's because I feel there's a different direction God wants to do at this moment. See, it is, I, I, don't, I don't claim to say that God speaks through me only and that I, everything I say is God. I don't, I'm not... I'm not that way, 
Paul says the things that I want to do, I don't do. You know, if Paul couldn't do that, I'm certainly not going to line up and say I do. But I am going to say that what we think and what we say, sometimes it's God trying to get us to move off of center, our self-centered, our, 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 our way of defeating the spirit. The devil cannot defeat the spirit, but we can grieve the Holy Spirit by not following what he has spoken to our hearts. So we are in this place where God is not trying to get us, God is trying to get us to move on. You know, let go of the past. You have a future. If you can't get by the past, then we need to forgive. If you can't get past your, fi- your failures, then you need to forgive. Forgive yourself and forgive others. Because there is a power at work within you to that God has a future prepared for us and he wants us to move into that future where he is going to bless us. He's going to give us the security that we need to keep on going. You know, I <laughs> dealt with people for, since 1980 <laughs> until last week. <laughs> I'm officially retired from the hospital. Somebody has taken my place. <laughs> Been hired to, be, to do my job <laughs> that I did there. But people who were dying, you know, they had, they had, you had a hope to move on. <laughs> you have a hope to go forward because there's something in front of us. It's heaven. <laughs> and, you know, there's not one of us unless Jesus returns. All of us are going to die. So we might as well start living. Some people are dead and they forget to fall over. <laughs> that was on a plaque one place. It was in an office. It says, all those who are dead you know, and have not fallen over, pick up your check on the way out the door, you know, something like that. So, but you see, this verse that we have for our text, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous, man, tremendous powers available. This verse tells us that when we pray earnestly, that we regard something as a sign or a promise of what is to come. When we pray, we are praying not, not for yesterday, we're praying for what is to come. I pray that I might win last week's lotto. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but... We're praying for something that's already passed. We, can't do, we pray for God. I pray for the opening of doors. I pray for the blessing of a life. Not that you're going to win next week's lotto. But, but the idea, I'm praying that God would open doors and give me the right perspective, the right spirit, the right vision of what's in front of me. All right. And that we continually, earnestly, <laughs> this continued earnest seeking of God what happens? There is tremendous power available. It doesn't, it doesn't begin with you. It isn't something we make up in here. It begins with God. It enters into our heart, into our spirit, and works its way up into our thinking. Because God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So if my thoughts are not his, I must focus on what his thoughts are, what his spirit is speaking to me about. Sometimes we just need to look around and there's, uh, there's help standing there. Right, Tabby? <laughs> right, there's help standing there. Sometimes we need to answer the phone that's in our pocket. <laughs> you know, it was a call from the guy, you know, about what needed to be done that I didn't call. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> God has a way. 
Now, I'm going to skip over to, you don't know I'm skipping, but I'm skipping over. Uh, in Luke chapter 11, tremendous power is available through prayer. And the disciples asked Jesus, he says, Jesus, teach us to pray. The Message Bible, this is uh, the Message Bible, the Lord's Prayer. It says, Father, reveal who you are, set the world right, keep us alive with three square meals, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others, keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Father, Jesus says, our Father. He's including us in the group. When Jesus prays at the tomb of Lazarus, he says, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. So every time we pray, we need to remember tremendous power is available to us, and we are not directing it to someplace in the universe. We are directing it to our Father. The Lord is my shepherd, the God who is shepherding the sheep of all people. David says that I shall not want, I shall not lack any good thing. That's what David says in 23rd Psalm. I shall not lack any good thing. That God has prepared for us that which is greater than we can ask or think. So whenever we start putting together these, that Father, our Father, our forgiveness with God, and the, what God wants to do in our life, we're seeing that it is greater than what we can accomplish. Because it hasn't entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God, you, we haven't begun to think of what God has. We're so busy, caught up in what happened yesterday. <laughs> you know, this happened and it made me upset and this happened and that. You know what? Yesterday's gone. It's over. Now, we have sorrows and remembrance. You're not going to forget yesterday. But the idea is we don't live in yesterday. We can't live there. God wants us to live today. We can remember yesterday and we can remember what happened, but we remember also that God is with us. Now, reveal who you are. <laughs> reveal who you are. Hallowed be thy name. Reveal, unravel our concepts that don't fit your word. Reveal who you are. We have a very dim, minute reflection and understanding of the greatness and the magnitude of God. And we have God in our own little box because this is what we believe and this is what we've been taught and this is how to... Do you know God is bigger than your box? God is greater than your understanding. He's greater than our denominations. He's greater than any religion because God is a person and God created the heavens and the earth and he spoke them into existence and he speaks by his Holy Spirit into our lives through the word. The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict the scriptures. So if God wants you, you telling me God wants you to jump off a cliff, don't believe it's God, <laughs> you know? Well, anyhow. And I, I need to finish up here. Reveal who you are. Set the world right. God, our, my world is messed up sometimes. Sometimes it's messed up because of me. 
Sometimes it's messed up because of other people. Sometimes it's messed up because people totally have, who have nothing to do with me and don't even know I exist have messed up my world. Set the world right. God, set it right because you have a purpose. If, Christ is going to return. The world is going to change. And Jesus is going to stand in Jerusalem someday on the Mount of Olives. And there's a lot of garbage that has to be gone through in this world. And no president or no person in the Kremlin or no person in Red China is going to upset God's plan. They are going to fulfill God's plan. So God set the world right. God has to set the world right with me. First, then I set the world right with the people around me and then the ones who are out from me. I set the world right because I don't allow them to influence my life. My life is, influenced, is to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to allow my past failures or somebody else's past failures to direct my life. I'm going to forgive them and let it go. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. God is going to provide our daily need. You know, we live in a society where you can go to the grocery store and buy what we want. But, you know, at this time period back then, to have three meals a day, that was almost impossible. You had to grow it to eat it. You had to go fishing to find it. You know? Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. God never let me think that I am beyond <laughs> making a mistake or a failure or a sin. And Father, forgive me and also remind me to forgive others. See, the, we cannot live without forgiveness. We must forgive as we have been forgiven. Jesus, hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I used to argue with that one. <laughs> Jesus, they knew what they were doing. They were beating you and they were having fun with it. They were, hard, they were hanging you on the cross and they enjoyed it. They had your garments and they were gambling for it. They were going to make a profit at it. They knew what they were doing, but they ultimately didn't know. And you see, we have to be that forgiving that we can allow people to not have their best day. <laughs> and then we can be forgiving of us when we don't have ours. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies. God, keep us safe from ourselves. You know, we grew up a certain way. We had certain faults. We had, keep us safe from living out. <laughs> when people gave to us the best of what they had, sometimes that wasn't too good. But, that does, that, but that's not the point. We take the good of it, keep us safe from those things that would continue to try and trip me up and keep me safe from the devil himself who constantly is trying to get me to give up or fail or give in or quit. God, there's more to my life than my failures. There's more to my life than my successes. The effectual fervent power, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person has much power. So never stop praying because God is shaping his word and his will 
through your prayers. <laughs> Amen? Remember, some, you know, and, and I'll quit with this. When God created the world, it doesn't say that he thought the world into existence. He spoke the world into existence. And, some, and, and we need to remember, sometimes we are creating what we say. What are we creating? Hardship? Division? Let us create what we want. Speak the truth from our heart by the Spirit. You know? You know, it doesn't mean that people just tell everybody off because that's the truth. <laughs> They're just dumb. They're just a, that's the kind of person they are. They need told off. Well, what would God say to them? How would God speak to them? Let God speak through you to them. Amen? Let's send. So if you were writing a prayer <laughs> on an offering envelope, what would it be? You know, I don't know what Robbie's prayer is. I love God in the church. There it is. I love God in the church. I love God. Jesus, thank you that we love, you loved us before we first loved you. And so, Lord, I thank you that we are reflecting that love and so, Lord, let us speak of it, let us live it, let us write our prayers to God. Amen? Amen. God bless you. <laughs>